0: You're listening to episode 62 of the master your mind business and life podcast. As a person who has crippling anxiety at times, I know firsthand what it's like to be on the anxiety struggle bus. Now we've had conversations sharing stories behind anxiety, but I wanted to bring on an expert who can help us understand what exactly anxiety is and how to help. While today's guest is a licensed and trained therapist, I want to make it clear that this episode is not to be used as a substitution for your own medical advice. If you are struggling with anxiety, I encourage you to seek professional aid, whether it's from your doctor, a therapist, or similar. By opening this dialogue with Natasha Fletcher, a therapist who specializes in anxiety, fears, doubts, and worries, I was able to understand anxiety with a new lens. Before I introduce you to Natasha, let's do a review of the week. This one comes from Stitcher from the user Bean702, and it reads, The variety of this podcast is what makes it so special. One week we're learning about past lives, and the next week learning how to grow our business. There's always something new to learn. You know, Bean702, I am multi-passionate and a seeker of truth. Being able to explore a variety of topics with an array of guests brings pure joy to my life, and I'm a... I'm just glad that you're a fan too. As a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever it is that you listen for a chance to have your review highlighted on the podcast. These ratings and reviews help others find the show, and they provide great feedback for me. Also, I love when listeners screenshot that they're listening and share it on Instagram. My heart seriously lights up. I'm on Instagram at MindBizLife. Are you ready to meet Natasha and learn more about the science behind anxiety? Do you know what to do? Tune in, turn it up, let's go.
1: You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life, conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith.
0: Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Natasha Fletcher. Natasha is a therapist, coach, and speaker, and she helps people get on with their life without anxiety, fears, doubts, and worries getting in the way. Natasha, welcome to the show. It's great to have you join me.
1: Hi Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: You know, we're diving into a topic that so many people can relate to. I know I personally can. I've been noticing more and more that people are actually becoming more vocal about it and that is anxiety. So I love that you're joining me today to bring your expertise to the show to help us learn more about anxiety.
1: Absolutely. I just think at the minute you just can't go anywhere, can you, without hearing about um, celebrities battling with anxiety or just shocking statistics really about anxiety and mental health problems. Absolutely.
0: And it's it's shocking, but it's also like so comforting as someone who who does battle anxiety to know that I'm not alone or we're not alone for anyone else who's listening.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, the World Health Organization, they say that there's about three million people out there struggling with anxiety globally. So you're definitely not on your own there.
0: Wow. Okay. well, let's start here. Let's just break it down and get down to the basics. What exactly is anxiety and what causes
1: it? Okay, so I guess there's quite a lot of complex um, physiological systems in the body associated with anxiety, but really simply, I guess anxiety is fear, Mm. it's fear, and really fear is very much part of being human, and you know, historically fear, that was a key part of our survival mechanism, and if you think about it, if a ferocious animal confronted us, we'd respond with fear. And then that would set off a whole host of physical and behavioural changes that really ultimately just serve to protect us. So if you think a little bit about fear, I think most of us have heard of the fight or flight or freeze response. Mm. Yeah, and that's just like a scientific term for like your your brain's threatened your alert system. And it triggers you to release a whole host of stress hormones, mainly cortisol and adrenaline to pump up your body to deal with that threat which is fantastic if we're facing a serious physical threat like a mugger or a car crash or something like that. But I guess the problem we've got nowadays is most of the threats that we face are not really physical. Mm. Yeah, so we're left with this problem really where our brains and our threat systems have evolved to respond to all threats as though they were physical, but the majority of threats we're actually facing are more social. So things like am I doing well enough? Am I fitting in? Am I a good enough friend? Am I looking after my children well enough? Thinking, you know, all these what ifs, am I doing well enough at work? It's those types of things that we're worrying about or, you know, causes worrying threats these days. But our bodies are just still reacting as though they were physical threats and setting off that fight or flight or freeze response.
0: Mm. What do you think made this big shift for us? You know, because I, from what I understand, and and maybe the, I don't know if it was just not diagnosed or, or what, but it just, like we had said, so many more people are increasingly, you know, being coming to light, I guess, with, with anxiety. So why is it increasing? Why, why does this become a, a bigger alert? Are we just talking about it more or are we all just in this mode more frequently?
1: Um, I don't know is the actual answer you know there are a lot of people out there smarter people than me looking at it and um, trying to think about why this is there's a lot of different theories there's um, some people saying it's about a lack of community and familial support these days people Mm -hmm. moving moving further away from their family some people are saying that we're more psychologically sensitive you know because there's less pressure on us in in terms of having to survive we've got most people have got food water shelter we're starting to move away from looking externally to looking inwards and thinking mm. about ourselves I guess there's always that ever-present social media argument people are saying that we're feeling pressured to have perfect lives and life is just more stressful isn't it in a lot of ways yeah we're all expected to you know, be the perfect parent, the perfect friend, work really well, be successful, have it all. It's a lot of pressure. Mm. I don't lot. Think, yeah. There's no one answer, I don't think, but maybe it is what you were saying about more people are coming out and willing to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I th-
0: oh, I think too, it's just, it has become a big topic. You were saying celebrities are, are coming out more about it too. And it, um, it really does bring it to light for sure. Um, Not that I know only celebrities, I'm not trying to say only celebrities struggle, but when it becomes a more of a a topic that is brought into the spotlight, people are like, huh, yeah, I have that too, you know.
1: And you know, some people don't, I see so many people who come to me and they say, do you think I have anxiety? What do you think? People sometimes don't realize what they're experiencing is anxiety. Mm. It's such a big umbrella. From maybe just being a little bit um, worried before an interview or an exam, something totally normal, right up to you know extreme PTSD, things like that. It's such a big catch-all, Sometimes right? Sure. Or they yeah. just think maybe I'm just a bit stressed. How
0: can someone who maybe isn't sure if they are experiencing anxiety, like, what are your telltale signs to know? Telltale signs? Well,
1: <laughs> I guess you know um, what we would say is if. Those physical symptoms or the mental symptoms that you're experiencing are affecting your life in any way. If they're stopping you engaging in things that you enjoy, they're um, impacting upon relationships, you're struggling to get on with the things you need to do, I'd say for definite, just think about seeking some help or getting some clarification from a medical professional in those instances, definitely. Mm. What I will say is I know for most people, a lot of people come to me and they've been trying to struggle alone for a long, long time um and ignoring it doesn't work you know waiting for it to blow over doesn't usually work do seek help do get some advice do speak to someone it may you know and also for a lot of people just get physically checked out as well if you're experiencing um especially physiological symptoms of anxiety so maybe if your heart's pounding a lot or you're struggling um with things like that excess headaches always get physically checked out too yeah that's really important. just to rule anything out
0: right What made you hone in on anxiety and really focus on this part of your profession in therapy? Oh gosh, I think that's probably quite a long story. Oh, oh, let's hear it. it.
1: Well yeah, I guess part of it is that I'm seeing an awful lot more people Mm -hmm. and um, so I was working across across the board really with a lot of different types of mental illness, a lot of different types of um, issues, but anxiety seemed to be coming up over and over again. So even if people were struggling with depression. They seem to have anxiety as well. Mm. And also, I shouldn't tell other people that I'm struggling with other types of problems, but people with anxiety seem to be so much fun as well, so much fun to work with. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, do you know, the people with anxiety just seem to, because they're the people that care, you know, their bodies are always looking for a reason. They're the what-ifs, they're the worriers, they're the people that are thinking outside the box. They're always, and they think about other people as well. Yeah. Not everybody, obviously, just in my experience, people with anxiety team seem to be really creative and fun people as well.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I would assume, and this, correct me if I'm wrong, do you find that a lot of people who suffer from anxiety are also very empathic? Like they are just absorbing, you know, other things from other people, and that's maybe what triggers it?
1: It can be, definitely, for some people. As I say, with anxiety sometimes comes a lot of what-if thoughts or a lot of worrying, a lot of worrying about other people, about how they are presenting to other people. Quite often they're very, you know, it's about them being very caring.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Can you tell us a little bit um, of how you work with anxiety? If someone were to come see you, like what what was your process to kind of work through it?
1: Okay yeah no problem. Um, I guess I've got quite a varied background so um, me personally I work with my clients in quite a unique way really Um, and I I try and make that a way that offers some immediate relief in the short term but also we make some time to deal with the wider and the deeper issues that um, cause their anxiety and keep it going. Um, So yeah as I say I've got quite a varied background so I originally trained as a mental health nurse then I went on to be a cognitive behavioural psychotherapist. Um, I've done some training in mindful nurse coaching, hypnotherapy. Um, I've also got a master's degree in psychological trauma. Oh. Um, so more recently, I've been incorporated something called rapid transformational therapy into my sessions. Um, I guess there's a lot of acronyms there. So there's like CBT, NLP, RTT. But really just in essence, I try and work with people just get that, help them get a real understanding of what's keeping their anxiety going on a day-to-day basis. Put in some immediate coping strategies, something to help them take the edge off in the short term. Mm. And then we start looking maybe at any deeper issues. So I guess a lot of people come to me because of my background in psychological trauma. And for a lot of people, they can trace some of their anxieties back to you know childhood trauma or a psychologically traumatic time for them um and then I guess the last stage really is some good old-fashioned problem solving with people you know that I think that is so so overlooked in the therapy world because you can do all the therapy you like working on your internal issues but if your life's in chaos you've got bad habits you don't like your job and you're surrounding yourself with toxic people you're never going to fully get better Mm. so for a lot of people I work with that's the game changer really so getting them some immediate relief in the first instance helping them understand what's going on understand what's happening having a look at some deeper issues healing those working with those and then changing the things around them
0: yeah because, I,
1: yeah the people they've got around them or all the, sometimes other people need to change as well well, things around them need to change. <laughs> right. And you just
0: kind of sometimes need that person to balance it out. It's, I love that, that you brought up how you want someone to really understand what's happening. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we had um, a guest on Matana Jacobs, and she is actually the host of a podcast that is all about mental health. She um, struggled with depression and anxiety. And, you know, first couple professionals that she had seen, I think, I think she went to her doctor first and then and the doctor just went to, you know, load her up on Xanax or whatever. And she said that the medication actually made her feel more suicidal. Um, and she essentially just went back to the place of figuring out, she wanted to see the, the best um, psychiatrist in town and, and she got the name. He was in New York City. And he goes and he just brought it to light to her, wanted her to understand the why behind it. And she said, that was a complete game changer to her, to just truly understand what was happening in her body, to understand, you know, why she was different things were triggering. Like I just feel like that is such a powerful piece.:
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that so many people come, they don't understand what's happening to them. They don't understand why they can't stop it. They don't understand why they can't change things. And then what naturally follows then is quite often they're beating themselves up about it. Why am I like this? Why can't I change it? Why don't I stop? And really they're just adding like a big juicy cherry of guilt on top of the problems they've already got because yeah. they don't understand what's going on.
0: And yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's hard to, under, if you don't know what's going on with your body, I can only imagine just that extra stress that's being added everywhere within you with i mean within your mind of am i crazy why like why is this happening like those why's man <laughs> it's like anxiety on top of
1: anxiety on top of anxiety absolutely in in the um, cognitive behavioral therapy they have something we call meta worry mm-hmm. and it um, worry about worry. so mm. a lot of people they're not only worry all the time they worry that they're worrying and they worry that the worry will make them crazy and worry wow. that they'll do more that's so, That's a lot. You get caught in a cycle of worrying, worrying about the worry and worrying about the meaning of the worry, you know? <laughs> but if people can understand why and why our bodies do this, why it's not so easy to just stop, then that can almost just take so much pressure off in the first instance to be able to relax a little bit, accept what's going on and really make space to work on it.
0: I think as, and I'm totally speaking as... Myself, no one else, but when someone tells me to like calm down, like if, if I'm having a really anxious moment, it's like, you don't think I want to calm down. It's like, it's, it's almost like a slap in the face when someone says that. Um, do you have any quick techniques that you can guide us through that can help someone who's struggling with the anxiety, either to just, come back to center when they're feeling anxious or to just really help us navigate these murky waters of anxiety
1: yeah definitely I think that's that's key really isn't it to just be able to sometimes take the edge off in the moment yeah. and get your rational brain back into thinking give it a little bit of space to take over and think things through rationally
0: right
1: so one of the things I always recommend to people is um just learning a breathing technique And honestly, it is so underrated because I think everyone knows, you know, you should learn a breathing technique for anxiety. But most of the people I see don't actually do it. They know about it, but they don't do it. Mm. And that's just because what they're normally doing is um, they read about a breathing technique. They do it once or twice. They forget about it. And then when they're feeling anxious, emotions are high. They're starting to feel a little bit out of control. They try and recall it of course when you're anxious it isn't really a good time to remember things or learn new skills um and trying to do it when you haven't practiced it causes more and more stress it makes you um, feel worse plus then you just start associating it with the breathing technique with feeling anxious um so again it just ends up making things worse so um my best advice and a quick technique would be Learn something like the four seven eight breathing technique. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it's really great. Um, I'll run I'll run you through it in a minute. Actually, so my best advice would be pick something like that. It's really great. Um, learn it, but do it all of the time. So practice it first thing in the morning, when you're driving, when you're on the toilet, all of the time. And if you do if you do that, I promise you, it would make such a huge difference. Because mm-hmm. then, when you're anxious and you need it. You'll be able to just recall it super quick, easily, effortlessly. Like you know it, you do it all the time. And also, you'll associate that breathing with being calm. Um, yeah. So I'll run it. Th- I'll run you through with it. Yeah. Yeah. right us through it. Um, to use the four-seven-eight, so you just focus on your breathing pattern. So you breathe in through your nose for four seconds, then you hold it to the count of seven, and then you forcefully exhale through your mouth. Making like a bit of a whoosh sound for eight. So I'll just do it for you now. I know you can't see, but hopefully you'll be able to hear. So we we'll breathe in for four, hold for seven, and then out for eight.
0: I did it with you.
1: <laughs> it's quite hard. You know, you think it sounds quite easy. Yeah, it is quite hard. Yeah. But it really does work because that deep breathing can really slow those physiological symptoms of anxiety down. So bring that pulse down, bring your heart rate down, get your breathing back into kilter. And if you can get that sorted, then some of the anxiety, will, the other physiological symptoms of anxiety will follow. And it will just give you that little space to kind of let your rational brain kick in. Mm.
0: I, I can see how practicing that would be... Instrumental, um, because yeah, w- when I thought about it, I was like, "Oh, that's easy." And then when I did, I'm like, "Oh, holding, holding's a little bit longer than <laughs> seven seconds is a little bit longer." You know, <laughs> so I could see in the state of anxiousness when you're just already rapidly breathing and your heart rate feels like it's pounding out of your chest, it would be very difficult to try that.
1: Definitely. I mean, if you were a sports person, if you were playing basketball or whatever, you wouldn't just shoot a few hoops and say, oh, that's it. I'll do it on the day. I'm sure it'll be fine. Right. Thousands of people screaming around you, Anxiety is high, emotions are high. You'd practice it every single day, every single day till you got it down. And then when you needed it in the moment, you can easily recall it. And mm, that's I love the problem it. most people make, is they just think breathing techniques are for when you're anxious, but mm. they're not. They're to, learn, they're to use when you're anxious, but you need to learn them when you're not.
0: Can we teach this to kids as well to help them? Just you know, I, I feel like just calm. I don't want to say calm down, but like when they're upset, to just be able to come back to center.
1: Absolutely, I think that would be a great idea. Um, Interesting. I haven't done that myself, um, but I have a little boy, so I think it would be great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. What are some other? Do you have any other quick te- uh, techniques that that we could use? Breathing is so great.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I often teach some of my clients, so especially ones that have um, kind of like a lower level anxiety, but all of the time, mm. they always feel like kind of wake up feeling anxious and they're worrying all of the time. Um, I wouldn't be able to run it all through with you today, but it's something called progressive muscle relaxation. Have you ever no.
0: heard of
1: that? No. So, yeah, basically, you just... Um, lie down, find a quiet space, maybe um, give yourself 10, 15 minutes. And you can, so you can just type it into YouTube or Google or whatever and you'll find like an exercise. But it's just about tensing each of your muscle groups in turn. So it will say something like, um, tense like the muscles in your calves as tight Mm -hmm. as you can, as tight as you can, and then let them go. Um, So progressively, you tighten each group of muscles and then you let them go. And what that can be really, really helpful for is a lot of people don't realise how tense they are Mm. all the time. And sometimes if we can catch anxiety in the earlier stages, we can deal with it a little bit better. But if you're so used to feeling tense and anxious all of the time, sometimes you don't pick it up until it's too late. Right. But if you start to recognise tension in your muscles, then sometimes you can start to pick it up a little bit earlier. So
0: I said, that I've never heard of that. And then you broke it down. I'm like, Oh wait, I've done that in a yoga class before <laughs> where we, I was walked through of tightening. Like we started from the toes, tighten your toes, tighten you know your calves. And it was each part. And it was, I didn't, and it's fine when you said that you just become more mindful of like maybe where you're holding tension. I never realized how much I clench my jaw. Yeah. Um, and that how much tension I just hold in my jaw. Um, Until they were like, you know, make sure your jaw is relaxed. I'm like, my jaw is relaxed. And I was like, oh, whoa, no, my jaw is not relaxed. And even now, sometimes when I go to fall asleep, I just realize how how tense I am. Or, you know, sitting at my computer, I'm tense in my jaw. And it's just like, okay, relax it. You know, just have to be a little bit more mindful in that scope.
1: Absolutely. And if you could start to be more mindful of where you hold tension or how you start to feel tension when anxiety starts creeping up, you might just be able to catch it a little bit more, a little bit earlier. Mm,
0: so true. And then it doesn't go. And then when you're able to catch it a little bit earlier, then it's not as progressively moving, maybe not go into a full-blown anxiety attack then.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's really key to understand what's going on, mm. understand what's happening, spot it early and take action.
0: Yeah. Just a, a huge awareness aspect.
1: Absolutely. I think some people sometimes, you know, they come and they're like, what's going to be like a magic technique? But really, it's all about understanding you, your anxiety, how it works, how it manifests and intervening early.
0: Mm. What advice would you give someone, anyone who's listening right now who may be struggling with the anxiety? What, what would you say to them?
1: Oh, definitely. I just think don't suffer in silence, really. Speak to someone and get some help. Um, I just see so many people that have been keeping it together on their own for so, so long. And really the toll of keeping it secret becomes almost as bad as the anxiety itself. Mm. You know, spending so much time coming up with excuses for being snappy, for missing things, is mentally tiring. It's exhausting. So just tell, tell someone, tell anyone, someone that you trust, go to see your GP, see a psychiatrist, see a therapist, but get help. So, so many people are waiting for things to get better on their own, but it's really rare that that strategy works. So my main piece of advice is to talk to someone and get some help. Um, I I think it's important to say as well, you know, just if anyone's out there and they're really struggling, I think it's important to say that quite a lot of people who are struggling quite badly or that have been for a long time have thoughts maybe of not wanting to be here anymore or sometimes not wanting to carry on. And I just say, that's really common. Please, please see your doctor. You know, they won't judge you. They see this all the time. And it can, and it does get better. So just mm-hmm. let people know how you're feeling. Get that help. Do you think that
0: judgment is a, a is a big factor as to why um, so many people stay silent about this?
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. it's huge, you know. And, you know, from a personal perspective, and maybe you can relate, Lauren, but it's hard to almost tell people one that you're struggling it's also hard if you identify usually maybe as a confident person a successful person but actually on the inside be struggling it's hard to mm-hmm. say actually I am sometimes confident and I am successful but I'm also struggling as well yeah yeah
0: Okay. It can be. I've, I found it that it's easier for me to speak about when I'm not going through it, hmm, right? Like, <laughs> but those those who know me best, it's, and you know, live with me. It's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, and some people will just have this perception of you that you have it all together and, you know, your life is perfect and you're like, Phew. Well, I'm glad you have that perception. But the truth is, you know, and I I personally think a lot of people, a lot of my friends, especially um, people I've held conversations with, and they say social media has just kind of fueled a a lot of people's misperceptions of other people. Um, Oh, they have it all together. Oh, they're perfect. Why isn't my life like that? Um, And it can create more anxieties about within you not realizing like their life is probably not as great as it seems.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, in terms of my own kind of um, struggles with anxiety and my own journey, really, you know, I I say on my website and talk a little bit about it there, but I just say that, you know, I found myself forced to take time away from a job that I was previously really loving. I was really successful in people saw me as really successful. Mm -hmm. I was sat in my lovely, sympathetically renovated house with my wonderful husband and my beautiful sleeping son upstairs. You know, I looked like I had the perfect life outside, but inside I was struggling. And, Mm. you know, the truth is i have been struggling for a long time. But my confidence was at rock bottom, you know. And I, I was spending all my time sleepless, worrying, overthinking, dreading the day, feeling on edge, feeling panicky. But I didn't want to admit that. And I didn't want people to see that side of me. I wanted them to see the side of me being successful, happy, having it all. And I guess, you know, part of me was thinking like, well, I don't have anything to be anxious about. Mm. Which obviously we know now is, is ridiculous. That's not how it works. But when right. you feel like that, that's sometimes how you feel. Yeah.
0: And it can be hard to, especially when, when you are, let's say you're in a good, a good place physically, like you have a, a great job, a great family, a great home. And then for me, it's also a guilty factor of why am I feeling anxious or worrying about this when there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people who have a worse life than me? It's almost like, I, I don't, i have I'm more privileged, right, so I shouldn't have these worries, like I should be more grounded in gratitude um so I sometimes have felt like I needed to get off my high horse <laughs> with mm. with feeling the way I did um until I really started to understand where it was coming from.
1: I see so many people like that you know I've been there, I felt like it myself, and so many people I see and
0: mm.
1: you know what I say to people is well, everyone's suffering or struggles are valid you know what would you say to someone who came in here today and said they'd been beaten or they'd been raped would you tell them just to leave because there's other people that are going through worse situations right. of course not. you know where where does this end mm. what we really need to do is remember everyone's struggles are valid
0: yes be
1: more compassionate towards ourselves too definitely and I say to people you know how how is this helping Compassionate towards yourself, or is giving yourself, like I call it, the juicy cherry of guilt. Yes. (laughs) Is that helping you? Probably not.
0: Absolutely. Natasha, where can our audience go to learn more about you and your services and just connect with you further?
1: Yeah, so I'm not very technologically minded, so. know this is terrible i'm so used to just working with people not computers but, <laughs> i um, have got a website so it's www.natashafletcher.com and i've recently um just set up a facebook page which is natasha fletcher therapies um as i say i'm not massively technologically minded i'm more of a people person than a um, computer person, but I'm going to make more of an effort to try and post and get out there a little bit more.
0: I love it. Natasha, you're doing such great work and important work. Mental health is really one of my favorite topics to discuss, and you have just brought so much light and knowledge to the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: No problem. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you again to Natasha
0: for bringing light to such an important topic. I have linked Natasha's website and Facebook page on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. And don't forget to connect with me personally on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at at mindbizlife. I'll see you back here next week for another episode. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.